0: way but like how goody two shoes are we going to be about school and I don't I'm saying goody two shoes that's not what I mean because I do think it's important to get your degree like I do think it's important to graduate what good is it to start something if you're not going to finish right and especially something like a college degree that sets you up it's the credential that gets you in the door places um it's the association that gets you in the door play I mean it it just is and it will be until we decide otherwise in our society It does have to do with, I mean, Victor brought up some good points about Clemson's recruiting. I mean, I think that's one thing about Clemson's approach that some some people are going to like. And the reason it works at Clemson is because Clemson can sort of pick the best of both of those groups. Now, it doesn't mean that they're always right in their evaluation of one or the other, but you're going to be able to pick the best of the players that are very good athletes, that are very concerned about all the things that Clemson espouses. So, what what Victor's talking about with stability and stuff like that works at Clemson. If you're Jeff Halfley at Boston College, or you're a you're a coach at any program that wants to care about deeply about academics and stability and providing a fostering environment, and doesn't want it to be transactional and wants guys to leave with their degrees, and you're you, you're willing to use the portal, that's fine. But you you know you're trying to encourage something beyond that with the guys that you have or the 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 uh the, the women that you have, like the 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 athletes that you have in your under your tutelage, you're trying to get them to set their sights higher and farther. And Jeff Halfley doesn't get the benefit of being able to choose the best of this group and this group combined. Like he has to Find Diamonds in the rough that won both of those things. Or he's got to decide, this is a very good athlete. Not sure about the school part. Let's get him in and try to teach him the school part. That feels like what Jeff Halfley's trying to do. Or this guy, very good academically. We can use him as a good influence. Not sure he's going to play. Who, like, who are you taking if you're Jeff Halfley? I totally see his point. Because when there's something tying you to the institution not all the way not tying your hands behind your back and tying you to a chair and holding you hostage for 4 years but when there's some gravitational pull that says it'd be better if you we're going to let you leave but it'd be better if you stayed and because it's better that you stay we're going to sort of put some parameters in place to make sure that you do that leads to some guys that maybe didn't care about school on the way in caring when they leave i understand jeff hathley's concern here and i think there are a ton of coaches in that station in that sort of group of schools and programs, they're going to feel exactly the same way because they can't be selective about the types of players that they recruit, and they have to sort of take somebody that has an inherent weakness somewhere. If you get the kid that makes good grades, you get fired. If you get the kid that doesn't care about school, he doesn't get a degree, he leaves somewhere, chases a bag, whatever, you're fired too.
1: Then that's what we've set up. I mean, that's kind of what this is. Let me ask you this about Clemson recruiting. Victor was talking about that. Um, and in the high school recruiting, they're doing doing very, very well right now. When Coach Sweeney talks about being a developmental program, which he has for years now, he's talking about bringing in high school kids, the traditional method of recruiting, keeping them around for a couple of years, and then they – Develop and are major players their last couple of seasons. The danger in that in this new environment is will they stay around or are you developing them for somebody else? Now, that part of the transfer portal has not really bitten Clemson too terribly bad. Would you agree? Correct. I mean, you've certainly lost some players that you wanted to stay, but so far you've made it and time will tell if that will continue but here's my question for you you and I and I, well I don't want to speak for you I, I I like the majority of our listeners wish that Clemson would attack the transfer portal more than they have I do believe that they will do better at that going forward. It's just going to take a little time now because you have been labeled as a school that doesn't do it. I think that's I think that's a big part of why you missed out on a lot of guys. This year. What five, six yeah, transfer guys that you guys? either offer to kick the tires on, right? Yes, and and you didn't get any of them. I think it's going to take some time, but they're at least coming around. But at the same time, they're never going to be a Ole Miss type of a program or what florida state did last year you know where you're that's where you're building your team my question is this and again i i want you to find that happy medium but the fact that you haven't done that yet is there a benefit is, is it all negative or is there a benefit on recruiting high school kids right now in other words if you are the parent of a high school kid and your son is being offered by clemson and you know where they have stood on the transfer portal so far and you know that when you look at their roster and the depth chart and things where you're going to fall is there a benefit are you getting an uptick in high school recruiting because of that stance or because of that perception i think so
0: I think it helps. And I think it's also why people feel comfortable. Look, Clemson also try, they try to talk guys out of committing. A lot of schools do. We're not just talking about Clemson. You try to talk people out of committing. You want to make sure that when guys commit, particularly if you're top of the food chain, that they're doing it for the right reasons, that they're not going to be squishy the whole time and keep taking a bunch of visits and flirting with other teams. You'd, you'd just rather not, that not happen. If you don't have a rule in place like Clemson does, Everybody would rather that not happen. So you want somebody to be doubly sure that you're willing to commit. The fact that you got guys committing at this level where they've already got more than half of what we project their class to look like, they've already got it. Uh, You know, this was already going to be like a class of 16, 18, 20, something like that. If if my math is right about who's coming off the books or not at the end of the season, uh, they're already more than halfway there. And we're we haven't even got to February. We haven't even got to actual signing day yet for the 24 class. You're already well underway working on the 25 class, and not just with placeholders. I think the 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 best thing about Clemson recruiting right now is that. Well, let me let me back up. Let me back up. There is a there is a um, there is a preseason top 25, like a way too early pre-season pre, 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 pre top 25 from Stuart Mandel. It's his 2.0. And I clicked on it a couple days ago, maybe yesterday. Um, And I, I read some of these, and I sort of had the thought, like I'm going down the list, like Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, and Texas 3, and Oregon 4, and Ole Miss 5, and Michigan 6. And at some point I thought, are these guys returning anyone? Notre Dame 7, Alabama 8, Utah 9, Oklahoma State 10. All I read about was portal ads. And the one thing Clemson is doing that I think, not just in the world of recruiting, but like in the media world, what did I, what did we talk about just a couple weeks ago? We talked about the, the portal high, that teams are going to be rated. Uh, we're we're going to predict the order of finish for the season, and we're going to put these top 25s together based primarily on the most recent shiny toy, which is the portal ads. So we're not talking about who's in your program that's developing. Where's the development here? Where are the pieces returning that are going to be a year older? There's none of that. The little blurbs he has for the teams are all about, this is what he got in the portal, and it may be a couple of returners. That's what that's what media cares about. That's the national conversation is, who did you get that's new? What Dabo Sweeney's saying is, we need to be better. I think the the ads of, of Luke and Rump were about we need to be better at evaluating and closing on really good high school prospects that we know we hit on so that if we don't get guys from the portal, we still can use development to be able to get there.
1: And does that it, make sense? It does make sense. You have to be able to keep them until they are developed. But the new part, and I think this is where the transfer portal will come in with Clemson, is when you develop guys that you were counting on, you, you've had a guy on your roster for two seasons now, and you were counting on them this season, and suddenly they're not here, or occasionally they don't pan out. You have to be willing to go to the portal to replace them, and I mean I think we all agree on that. I think the staff agrees on that. You gotta you gotta do it. I'm I'm focusing more on. Again, there there's a lot of benefit to a school. To use the portal, and we've seen it. I mean, we've seen schools reinvent themselves literally overnight with the portal. You can't deny that at this point. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that air, that when you're not in it, that it's all bad. And I, that's really my question for Clemson: the the fact that you have been labeled this way, are you in fact getting a little bit of bump on the high school recruiting trail as a result? Do you think that's Do you think that's possible? You said yes. Yes, I, I do think so. And you know what? I'm with you.
0: I, I I would probably prefer it to be more... I don't mean holistic because I think Clemson would say they have a holistic approach right now, but like giving some weight to the portal. I think most people would just prefer that. It just feels better. It feels easier to win games if you're giving some weight to the portal. But if you're not either because you don't want to or because you're not able to, if you're not able to give weight to the portal, then you have to make sure that everything else is working well. You have to be able to evaluate. It's even more important that you evaluate in recruiting. It's even more important that you close on the guys you evaluated. It's even more important that you have a strength and conditioning program that gets those guys ready to contribute. It's even more important that your NIL operation is able to retain guys because if you can't retain guys and you're not being able to bring them in in the portal, then your roster's just the youngest. You're just a young roster all the time in an age of older,
1: particularly right now, in, in an age of older rosters. Yeah, and I think that's... When you bring the NIL part into this, you, hopefully the 110 Society, the NIL at Clemson, is there to assist you. Instead of recruiting players, it's helping you keep the players. And And honestly, I would argue that's what it was more designed to be in the first place. Yes. Uh, we we would agree on that. You think about you think about uh Phil Maffa and the running back room last year. For I mean that's the first example that comes to mind. Maffa was a prime candidate to transfer, to hit the portal and go somewhere else. And you know that he got offered money other places. You know that I mean you've got a a shared backfield with two really talented guys. He's as prime a candidate to hit that portal, and, and he got really close, I think. But f- you were able to eliminate the financial benefit of him leaving, and he stuck around, and and now it's going to pay off for him, right? Yes. I mean, it, it should pay off for him. Uh, it did this past season. It should really pay off this coming year.
0: You also have ex- an example, I think a great example of this in C.J. Spiller. Where before it was in vogue to transfer, he contemplated transferring and people around him wanted him to transfer and he stayed and look at how it enriched his life. So not only is Dabo like telling you to trust him, not only can you look at players that Dabo coaches as a head coach, but one of his coaches is the actual story of why stability is good. And CJ Spiller probably knows that now because he did it. He chose to make, you know, he made that choice. I think that might have been one factor that played in him off stand in addition to NIL and some other things. Let me read this from Mandel. I just think this is hilarious. Stuart Mandel has Clemson in, at 19. He had him at 10, preseason, Ben. He dropped him down to 19. This is what he says. Another portal cycle came and went without Dabo Sweeney signing a single transfer, though he at least pursued several O-linemen. It's harder for me to envision a 9-14 and making a huge jump with no talent infusion besides freshmen. And then he says, but Clemson won five straight to close that season. Brings back Cade Klubnick, Phil of Tyler Brown, Barrett Carter, TJ Parker, and Peter Woods. And this goes back to what we said about Dabo previously. The guys like this, the Stuart Mandels, don't even think about development. He actually said, it's harder for me to envision a 9-4 team making a huge jump with no talent infusion besides freshmen. He doesn't think that player development is enough.
1: Yeah, but it's interesting that he says that when there are examples of teams recently who have done that right i mean yes. like georgia for instance georgia's brought in some transfers but that's not what they've built their team on no alabama brought in some transfers that's not what they built their team on washington is a little mixture i mean you know michael Penix was an enormous addition but that's not what they. That's not what they. I mean, I wouldn't say that's the foundation of their team.
0: It's like the only way you can get Same better is by older
1: players. I mean, you know, they've been they've been really important pieces that have been added, but it's not it's not what they're built on. Michigan,
0: few transfers, but if when you look when you listen to people talk about what built Michigan, strength and conditioning, yeah, is but, the one thing that coaches talk about
1: with them. I, I would also acknowledge I mean and again i I think you know what I'm saying I'm not I'm not arguing against it in any way all of those teams I just mentioned are better because of the transfer portal also I mean that's Correct. the other part of it but I, I maybe the, I think he's trying to make it too black and white
0: yes if you don't bring anybody from the portal there's no way you can get better there's really no way you can't think of anything Stuart that that really that bothered me a little bit all right, stay with us. Hour three of the program continues. we got a lot more to say and not as much time as we need right after this. I'm Rick Davis with the Davis Law Group. I was born and raised in Greenville, attended Clemson University, and graduated in
1: 1981. I've had the pleasure and the honor of assisting people in the upstate who may have been injured on the job or in a car wreck or through some other hazardous condition and cherish the many relationships and friendships that I've had with the clients over the years. What we do is we try to help the client find a path forward Contact us at davis.law. We'll
0: be glad to talk to you and see how we can help. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit cantycanfixit.com.
1: Spring is coming and with it, pollen season. Be ready to rid your ride
2: of pollen by purchasing your Tiger Express Wash Anywhere Unlimited Fast
1: Pass. Visit Tiger Express Wash online or any of their three locations for a pre-purchased monthly pass that can be used as often as you like at all Tiger Express wash sites in Clemson, Pendleton, and Easley. You can be ready in advance with a fast pass from Tiger Express Wash. More locations, same quality care.
2: Taco Bell just dropped the new Cravings Value menu. Now you can get 10 items for $3 or less, which means you can get the food you want for the price you want. It's almost like you can have your cake and eat it too. But in this case, it's a double-stack taco from the new Cravings Value menu. So basically, you can have your double stacked taco and eat it too, which is a lot crunchier than cake. The new Cravings Value menu is here. Get it at Taco Bell today. At participating U.S. Taco Bell locations while supplies last. Contact store for price and participation, which vary. Tax extra. Broadcasting live from the UpCountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. UpCountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The college football games may have ended, but the offseason is just getting started and we have you covered all year long.
1: These fans need
0: to calm down. The big game hype is real. I can't wait. They really need to produce for their fans.
2: The Roar, where every day is game day.
1: Welcome back to the show. Quoc, one person who has pushed back in the last hour or so to Pete Thamel is Kirk Herbstreit on Twitter. Really? And I, yes. And he wrote, uh, no, college football in its current state will be seeing more and more coaches headed to the NFL. Without boundaries and regulations that make sense, coaches that get real opportunities in the NFL will be gone. This trend will continue until there is a new governing body and it creates a collective bargaining agreement with a player's entity or union that would include issues like NIL transfer portal and eventually revenue sharing. The sport is spiraling out of control as we know and many of these coaches are not sticking around and waiting. Just a new reality for the sport. Pretty strong statement. One man's opinion, but uh, I don't know that he's wrong there.
0: Let me say this: I think I hope he's wrong. You, I don't think that he is. You know, Kirk Herb Street. This is this is a fascinating discussion. Kirk Herb Street. Kirk is actually the most four-letter word in Tallahassee right now is Kirk. Um, why is that? Because they're furious. Oh, the the folks at Florida State are furious with everybody on game day because they think those guys are the reason. Why Florida State got left out, and they oh, felt oh, like oh, they oh, were oh. not. Yeah, and they felt like they were uh, they were too flippant and jokey about the very serious situation that happened with the
1: with they, the Seminoles. Yeah, they might be right
0: about they, that. They might be, um, but I and there are lots of folks who think that Herb Street like made it happen, like he was the guy behind the scenes and the committee's his puppet master. I think Kirk Herbstreet has a really good sense of where college football is. Like I mm-hmm. trust him about the health of the game and the direction of the game. And even, because I know he loves it. Like, he's not some guy trying to be, like, progressive for progressivism's sake. When he talks about collective bargaining, rest assured, Kirk Herbstreet probably, uh, there are lots of our audience who doesn't like the idea of collective bargaining or unionizing or employee status for players. Kirk Herbstreet wouldn't have liked it either, like, two years ago, three years ago. He would not have said this. But it's
1: better than the situation we're in right now. And that's the key none of us envisioned it being to the point where that is the better option you know when dabo sweeney said years ago if we ever pay players as employees i'll quit coaching he never envisioned that actually being a better alternative than what we have now that's right neither did i because now At, at the time that seemed like the end of the end of the rainbow right there yes
0: now, it's not. We've created a third alternative reality where this, like we, you could not have told anybody. We past that. Oh, now, we
1: want to come back to that.
0: Think about think about tell, talking to somebody about NIL and the transfer portal 10 years ago. Just think about trying to explain what we're doing here. You'd have got laughed out of the building, whatever building you're in. You'd have been absolutely laughed at. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Chancey says, collective bargaining is the key. It brings antitrust protection. I, again, I, like I'm going to keep saying this. Because I I think the key to the whole thing, the key to any restrictions is going to be giving the players a voice. The courts have been saying it. The key to any restrictions on any of this is to giving the players some say. As long as the courts perceive that the NCAA is just hammering down restrictions without giving some sort of recognition to players as employees or treating them like employees or giving them some sort of status, some sort of opportunity to sit at the table and negotiate some things, they're going to continue to laugh at the NCA
1: with all of these lawsuits. I know you had a uh, basketball story that I'm anxious to hear. Um, yes, a quick in in the, as we transition to that. Uh, has our baseball thing been finalized? Uh, we are going to be having some baseball interviews next week.
0: Uh, yeah. Still working on exactly the schedule, um, but it is going to be
1: next Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, uh, and several people have asked us today if we're going to do like a a baseball show one day next week. How about that? Yes. Hey, one day just tune week. in and be surprised along with us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and we'll we'll talk we'll talk a lot more about baseball in the upcoming season starting next week. Uh, should note as well, Mackenzie Clark's going to join us tomorrow
0: at one o five. Very good, Clemson softball. And at some point next week, we're still nailing this one down. At some point next week, I believe Tuesday next week, uh, Valerie Cagle is going to join us. So get excited for that, people.
1: Well, a good time to mention. Uh, I mentioned it before, and help me. It is that's ne- what I'm about to say is next weekend, correct? Next third, yes. next yes. Friday, I believe. Uh, um, so that Clemson softball plays in Clearwater, Florida, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We are going to air three of those games exclusively here on The Roar. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, there is a doubleheader. Or, did I say that? Yeah. It's actually five, it's
0: five games five, over
1: four days. Five games over four days. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're going to air Friday, Saturday, Sunday yes um there'll be two games on saturday one of those we can't air one we'll but anyway so stay tuned for that we'll give you the exact schedule i know the friday game is at seven o'clock so you can listen to road rage and that'll take you right into that uh softball game on friday Well, lot do saturday is at seven o'clock and sunday is at 10 o'clock so there you A. M. go a.m 10 yeah. o'clock a.m breakfast yeah so you'll have uh you'll have softball here on the roar Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
0: I don't know how this is going to work. I probably shouldn't even say this for professional reasons, but I'm going to anyway because I think it's cool. Clemson's game with Oregon, which is that 7 o'clock game, is going to be on MLB Network.
1: I just saw that.
0: Yeah, it's neat. So you can watch MLB Network and listen to uh, Tony Shufo and Reedy Davenport down there Mm. on the call. Reedy's uh, debut. Very excited to get Reedy on the broadcast. She talked about last year wanting to do some, and uh, I – we had we had some chats over the course of the end of the season and i'm jacked up to hear uh reedy's commentary and to get uh, get tony on the mic down there so tell
1: me what happened with chris collins last night all
0: right chris collins i can't believe you didn't see this. i did not oh, see this man it's amazing you know if you chris ever collins,
1: the head coach of northwestern
0: if john shire ever wants to like take a job not at duke he might learn what Chris Collins learned last night, which is sometimes your team gets hosed. Northwestern lost to Purdue in overtime by nine last night. I believe it was one hundred five to ninety six. I think I think that's the. Uh, it I is think that's one hundred
1: five to ninety six. Yeah, you're right. A quick perusal. Number of, two, Purdue. Quick perusal of the box score would indicate
0: Northwestern didn't go to the line all that much. Guess who went to the line a lot? Oh, outside shooting Purdue. You look at this box score, and you know some funny business went on. You know you're in Cameron or something, right? This is a Cameron box score. It is funny that Chris Collins is the one complaining about this, former Duke Duke guard. Um, Northwestern shot 39 two-point shots in the game and eight free throws, okay? 39 two-point shots, Eight free throws in an, in 45 minutes. They went to the line eight times. Oh, Purdue shot 36 two point shots and went to the line 46 times. 46 times.
1: 46 to eight. They went to the line 38 more times than their opponent. Yes. Oh my gosh. Here are the
0: list of Purdue players. That went to the line more than Northwestern. Of course, Zach Eady did. Or as much as Northwestern. I beg your pardon. Zach Eady went to the line 17 times in the game. There's a clip making the rounds of Zach Eady, Big oaf. You know what? I like Zach Eady. I shouldn't say that. But it, it's a little ridiculous. And it, quite frankly, it's impossible to officiate that guy. He catches the ball in the post. Northwestern's got an undersized post guy with his back to him. Eady catches the ball and sort of chins the ball. And his elbow is, like, at the guy's neck. So this guy's literally literally standing with his hands up. Edie backs him down. He turns. His elbow, like, hooks the guy's neck when he turns. And so his arm and the other guy's arm are locked up. But the guy literally, I don't know how, he stays straight up. He never moves. He stays absolutely straight up. They call the foul on the Northwestern defender. Edie extricates his cobra arm from the guy. And he's still standing there like, what in the world is this? Zach Eady goes to the line more than double Northwestern's entire team. Uh,
1: Smith went to the line eight times. Gillis went to the line eight times for Purdue. I, I've seen Zach Eady play in person twice now, and including once this year. He is an enormous kid. I mean, enormous. I saw Shaq play live in college once. Shaq was Shaq wasn't fat Shaq in college i i've <laughs> yeah zach Eddy is a bigger framed guy than Shaq was he's it's it is impossible to officiate him yeah like you it's tough you have but to, but it's it, it, you you're you're not surprised that he gets fouled a lot
0: right right because the lilliputians over there are trying to like reach up and i mean they're, they're like jumping his as eyes they can they I mean, he's just dunking on them, just standing there dunking on
1: them. I have no idea what you just called them. Lilliputians. That's
0: a a Gulliver's Travels
1: reference right there.
0: Look that up, people. That's a great literary reference. Glad I didn't know.
1: (laughs) Okay, so what happens after the game? So
0: at the end of the game, Chris Collins It's the last play, and I'm watching some of this. I had actually turned it off because the game was over. They're down by five, okay? And they miss a shot. And so they're on their end of the floor offensively. Purdue gets a rebound, outlet pass. Collins walks on the floor, and he's letting the official have it on the baseline. I mean, he is letting him have it. Official goes, Bop, you're done. He's kicked out of the game. He's still going after it. The game is still going. Like, the clock is still going. Like, they teed him up, and there's still a second on the clock, but they kept it rolling. They just kept it rolling. So Matt Painter is walking like he's going to shake hands. Collins is furious. He's got two coaches holding him back. One of his players is like, hey, coach, you got to go, whatever. He's like, I'm fine. He goes in a handshake line. He shakes hands with Painter. He dabs up a couple guys, hugs Zach Eady. walks off the court, like tells the crowd, keep going. They're booing him. Keep going. Keep going. So Purdue gets four free throws after the game is over. They get four free throws after the game's over. So, it was was 42-8. to There's zero on the clock. They get four technical free throws because he got one and then a player, I think a player got one. It might have been six free throws. I don't even know. It was ridiculous.
1: Oh, that is funny.
0: According to ESPN Stats and Info, it was the largest free throw attempt gap in a Big Ten conference game in 25 years. And the second-largest gap this season behind a 51-9 to advantage that Northeastern had over Old
1: Dominion on December the 2nd. I wonder if Duke fans will be tweeting at Collins to stop crying. <laughs> I mean, he's one of yours. He's one of yours, man. He's one of yours. Sorry, I'm still bitter.
0: I thought about that the other day, about, like, how do – how does Johnny Dawkins feel about Shire? How does how does Tommy Amaker feel? How does Chris Collins feel? These guys that were actually head coaches. I'm not saying anything bad about. Well, Shire. they
1: all got passed over because Coach K was grooming his boy. Shishovsky right
0: anointed him right there. Like, how did?
1: I, I don't listen for the. I don't have anything against Shire either. I, I mean, I really don't. But that's a, that's a, Yeah, we talked about that when the coaching switch was made. That a lot of good guys got passed over.
0: So, in the last four days, John Shire gets the benefit of a call at the end of the game that no other team in America, including North Carolina, is going to get, apparently. No other team in America is going to get that call. Uh, And Chris Collins has to deal with a 38 free throw discrepancy in terms of free throw attempts in an overtime loss at the number two team in the country. Here, Here are some of his quotes from after the game. He says, quote, if you would have said to me before the game, you're gonna be down fifty at the free throw line. No, it wasn't fifty, but I mean point, point value, thirty eight <laughs> not far, closer to fifty than zero. And Boo Boo Booy, great name and great player, is gonna have a shot at the buzzer. I would have said it'd be pretty incredible. I don't know if you guys would have believed me if we were down fifty free throws and we had a shot to win it at the buzzer. That
1: is a that is a clever way to take a shot at the <laughs> at the officials without mentioning the officials.
0: <laughs> He said this is similar to what some That's stuff awesome. That, this is similar to some of the stuff Brad said at the, the end of the game. He said, our guys showed a lot of poise. <laughs> Not many people come in here and win, and there's a reason for that. Remember, Brad said there's a lot of reasons. Uh because they have great teams and this crowd makes it such a fun environment. And you know, it's just disappointing because we had our chances. We just couldn't close the deal. Close quote. It was their first loss to Purdue in three tries. They beat him the last two times. But, yeah, 50, uh, 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 50, 46 to 8. And do you know what? I saw these two things from Purdue fans, and I thought, y'all need to be Duke fans. Y'all the same as the Duke people. There was a Purdue fan that said, can somebody tell Northwestern that 9% of their free throw attempts came at the end of the game when they were fouling on purpose and then the four technical foul shots at the end? I wanted to be like, okay, take them away. You still have an enormous advantage. (laughs) What? That means it's 38 to 8. Like, oh, it's 38-8. That seems fine, but 46 is a bridge too far. Give me a break with that. Oh, he's mad, he's mad about 46. Let's knock it down to 38. You can't be mad at 38-8. to eight.
1: 32, that's my limit. I mean, 32 is acceptable. 33, I'm pissed, I man. mean, give
0: me a break, man. What is that? The other one, somebody quote-tweeted one of them. It was like, well, who was called for a foul on this play? It was literally one play where a Purdue guy got called for a questionable foul. I'm like, you pulled one clip. You pulled what? This forty-six to eight. You pulled one clip. Y'all went to the line the entire game, and you're mad because your guy got whistled for one foul he shouldn't have had. Holy smokes, man alive! You know the other thing that's great about this game, and then we'll go to break. I know we got to go to break. The other thing that's great about this: the fouls were thirty-one to fifteen in favor of Northwestern. 31 to 15. They had three players foul out. They played nine. They had three players foul out. No Purdue player had more than three fouls in a game. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> more than three fouls in a game. Yeah, oh man.
1: Uh, Nick Nick in and said, Purdue shot a shot basically a free throw every minute of the game. Yes. Think about
0: that. Can I? When we get back, I'm going to tell you the one thing about this, and I, I'm going to use this as an example. There is one way that officials absolutely rigged the game. They absolutely rigged the game. I'm going to tell you what it is after this because it's in this box score.
1: And I'm also going to give you a a bad sto- sports story that's now good.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Let me go first because okay. I'm mad about this. <laughs> Final segment of the program is next. Hey, it's Toby from Wendy's.
2: Picture a Baconator. The six strips of Applewood smoked bacon, the hot and juicy beef, the pretzel bun. Wait, pretzel bun? A pretzel Baconator. And it's only here for a limited time? And right now you can get $3 off mobile orders of $15 or more with the offer in the Wendy's app? This changes everything choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new Pretzel Baconator. Limited time only. A participating U.S. Wendy's. $15 minimum required before taxes and fees. Account registration required.
0: Engineered Sleep has been a roar partner for over eight years, and your support has meant the world to them. They design
2: and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000 square foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive in Greenville, you should. Go check out their mattress showroom and also take a of their factory it is rare that you can buy a mattress directly from a
0: factory that has been making them since 1931.
2: Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917, proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screened porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit harbinlumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's 706-356-4300. An hour of your day could mean a lifetime for a fellow Clemson fan in need. When you donate blood with The Blood Connection, you're directly impacting the lives of your neighbors, local patients right here in the upstate. The need for blood is never ending, so we hope you'll join us in this critical mission of saving lives and roll up your sleeves and donate. Just head to thebloodconnection.org donate to find a blood drive near you and save lives today. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of IC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Do you want more control over your business spending? Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management platform designed to save you time and money. Ramp offers unlimited corporate cards with spend controls you can customize to stop wasteful spending before it happens. Ramp makes expense reports a breeze by automatically collecting receipts and matching them to the right transaction. You'll close your books in hours instead of days. Ramp allows you to see all of your company's spend in one place, so you can make quick, informed decisions about your business finances. Plus, Ramp will share insights based on your spending to help you cut costs. Over 15,000 businesses have added up to 5% to their bottom line with Ramp. You can be one of them. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now, get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports, ramp.com sports. R-A-M-P dot com slash sports.
1: I'm Justin Jefferson
0: with the Minnesota Vikings. Hi, I'm Jamar Chase with the Cincinnati Bengals. Can stop why do I choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because I only go all out. Because I can't be stopped. Because my Sleep Number Smart Bed helps
2: me sleep at the right temperature all night. So we can take our game to the next level. That's why 80% of NFL
1: players choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed. Sleep next level, perform next level.
2: And now, during our President's Day
0: sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. The up. State's home for sports talk. It entertains me. I enjoy listening on the way home. 105.5 at 97.5 FM. We are The Roar. same my Sarah, broken halos,
2: broken wings that used to fly. They've all
0: gone wherever they go. Just to put another uh, sort of a finer point on this, final segment of the show, <clears throat> Boo Booey, the Northwestern point guard, played 42 minutes in the game, was two of eight from two. He's like six feet tall. Two of eight from two, no free throw attempts. 42 minutes, zero free throw attempts. Against Zach eady zero. <laughs> they went to the basket. <laughs> it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. Uh, I I have often
1: looked for examples to we're, prove do we know where Lamar Simpson and Tommy Morrissey were during this game <laughs> I looked up the officials <laughs> James Breeding Kip Kissinger and Courtney Green I don't know Courtney Green
0: Kip Kissinger's a good official James Breeding is mm, average I got no problem you got any problem with either of those
1: gentlemen I, I don't know him I, I, I don't know those names I'd have to see them. Kissinger does a lot of Big Ten <clears throat> The Speaking of Big Ten officials real quick, man, do I? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah,
0: you should. I know what you're going to say.
1: You people draw your own conclusion, okay? I gave you the rankings of the officials that called the Clemson-Duke game Saturday. It was it was rankings-wise almost as bad a crew as the ACC is going to put together from a ranking standpoint. I don't think they'd go by the rankings, but, in fact, I would be shocked if they did. But almost as bad a crew ranking-wise as you can have. The next game after that game, in Little John Coliseum, Quark. I would argue it's as high a ranked crew as you could ever have. Two of those are norm, were normal ACC refs. Like, one was, I want to say, third in the nation, and the other was eighth. All right, so Ron Groover is right now fourth. Okay, Ron Groover's fourth, and – Lee Cassell Lee is Cassell, Well, no, he had moved up. He, he was – yeah, he – At that game, he was like eighth or ninth. He was eighth or ninth. That's right. Okay. And then what I would consider the number one official in the Big Ten, and I've drawn a blank on his name was the third official, only the second ACC game he has called all year
0: uh Paul
1: what Z- S- 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 Z- 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 whatever <laughs>
0: SCELC probably just pronounced
1: Zell. Z- um <laughs> but yeah, he's the number one big Ten official. that was your crew. I am dying to know who was supposed to be the third official instead of that <laughs> of the Big Ten guy. I get, I would bet money it was one of those guys from Saturday. I would bet money it was Tommy Morrissey, Lamar or Simpson. Lamar Simpson. Yep. Oh, I AJ Desai. I mean, God help me oh, if AJ Desai. I mean, he went from Saturday, but AJ, got, AJ Desai is like seventy ninth. He, he is. is the A, worst. AJ is one of the worst. That's why we don't have him very much.
0: Uh, Ted Valentine is thirty fifth. Texter thirty okay. fifth.
1: So is that is that just a coincidence that you went from one of the worst crews to the best possible crew you could have, including the best official from another conference? Maybe you know. I'm sure. I'm sure that's just coincidence. <clears throat> anyway, it was his.
0: It was his second ACC game that's all year.
1: Say, he had called like a Virginia Louisville game or something like that.
0: He called one ACC game last year.
1: He calls Big 10 and Pac 12. Yes. Which is an odd combination, but he calls Big 10 and Pac 12. He's and a Big Fox guy. Anyway. <laughs> I'm Amazing. not making I'm not making that up. Amazing.
0: You know, he's he's the only one of the top 25 refs in Kenpom that didn't have a game last night.
1: So he just he just had travel day yesterday I like that guy by the way that, he was good I like one time uh, somebody on the on the Louisville bench was was yelling I could pick it up in my crowd mics. he fouled him and he and he is standing during a foul shot almost or he's yelling he didn't foul him and he's standing almost at midcourt and he's yelling back no he didn't or or yes he did rather yes he did. And he's nodding and he's very animated and he and then he goes, Sit down. <laughs> like Did a, he give the technical to
0: Kenny Payne? Uh, is he the one that teed up Kenny Payne?
1: It was whoever was at I, the scores table during those free throws. I, it it this it could he I don't remember.
0: It was not Lee Cassell, because
1: I would have noted that. Oh no, it wasn't Lee.
0: Uh, uh it I think been. it was this guy. I think it was. I think it was this I guy. I liked him. Yeah, he 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 could do our game. Look, we'll we'll trade uh
1: Okay, we'll so what, Lamar. What, what's your, the rest of your bitterness so All right, I can so bring some joy to your life?
0: This is, and I'm going to go, this is nerd alert. This is nerd alert. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Nerd out time for me. It's what it is.
2: Nerd alert. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second, Doc. You mean to tell me that this is a nerd alert? That's right, Marty. We've entered a nerd alert.
0: Friends, don't let friends bring up foul discrepancies because they're stupid and they lie. Okay. <laughs> Foul discrepancies are stupid and they lie. Perfect example, last night. A 16 foul discrepancy is very, very bad. Almost impossible. Even if you consider that Northwestern fouled a couple times at the end of regulation and they got hit with two technicals and two free throws at the end of the game. Or two uh, two intentional fouls at the end of the game. That's six. Still, it's 25-15. There is a way to make The foul count, how am I going to put this, artificially closer than it should be by calling non-shooting fouls. Let me give you a for instance. If you look at foul shots per foul, you will note that Purdue averaged basically one and a half foul shots per foul, which means there was almost never a call that wasn't a shooting foul or a foul when they were in the bonus or double bonus. There was almost none of that. One and a half foul shots per foul. Northwestern averaged 0.5-something shots per shooting, uh, 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 free throw attempts per foul. Meaning, basically, all of their fouls were non-shooting fouls. Almost all of them mm-hmm. were non-shooting fouls. So, for instance, in the Clemson-Duke game, There were lots of Duke fans bringing up the foul discrepancy. Again, friends don't let friends do that because it lies. Offensive fouls, off ball fouls, technical fouls, all of those, technically, well, I guess technical fouls are. Those are non shooting fouls. Those do not, those will do anything but add a foul to your total. The way to rig a game, if you were going to do it, the way to make a discrepancy like this actually matter is, has nothing to do with number of fouls. It has to do with what kind of fouls you call. As a fan of a team growing up that got screwed all the time, I'm very good at noticing this. Oh, the foul discrepancy in the game is 7-2. to two. If a coach complains, guess what? The team with two fouls is about to get called for an off-ball foul the next time down. And they might get called for another one just so it's 7-4 so that the coach gets off their back. Well, you're not even really mad at the foul. You're mad at free throws at that point. You're upset at free throws. Friends don't let friends. cite like foul totals because they lie and they're stupid. Free throw. <laughs> free throws is where it's at. Uh, what's your – I want to hear the feel-good story to close the show after yeah. my rantings and griping.
1: Well, before I do that one, this one just makes me feel good that – Did you see the video of Patrick Mahomes in the locker room after the championship game? I have not seen this. Uh, Yeah, after the AFC championship game, you know, the cameras are in the locker room, and Mahomes is walking around without his shirt on. And he really should have had his shirt on to be (laughs) – I'm just going to (laughs) – Mahomes is is fluffy. Fluffy? Yeah, Mahomes – like a lot more – it's not all rib protectors, folks. Is why point. And so he has been, he has been roasted. He's been roasted by this. He said, "It's
0: not a flag jacket under there."
1: More like he ate one. Um, so to which Mahomes replies oh, oh, to people, "Yo, don't do me like that." I got a dad bod. I've got kids. And I'm like, he does know that he didn't have the kids. (laughs) I mean, he's making it sound like he has pregnancy weight. No, there's a, like, when you have the kids, there's a reason that you might have put on a few pounds, and it's understandable. You didn't have the kids. Oh, man. You look like you ate the kids.
0: Oh my God!
1: That, I, I need to go. I need to go see it. He's I gotta said, go watch. Yeah, it. he says, "Hell yeah, I got a dad bod, <laughs> but I got kids." <laughs>
0: <laughs> he said, <laughs> I, "Like that's his excuse." That's the funniest thing you ever said. That's not just rip, rip, uh, rip protectors under there.
1: Oh, oh me! Man, uh, here's your good, good. Here's your good story. You good. heard about the uh, unfortunate, uh, the Jackie Robinson statue that was stolen. The bronze statue stolen from League Forty Two in Wichita, Kansas. Yes, uh, a little league program, uh, youth baseball league, had a as you as I said a, a Jackie Robinson bronze statue stolen. They have video of these guys. They have video of the vehicle and they still haven't caught him. That blows my mind. We, I mean, like, we catch criminals when they leave a hair behind and we have their photo and their car and we don't get another story for another day. Yeah. Uh, League 42 had put out the bat signal and started a GoFundMe to replace the statue. They valued the statue at $75,000, which Ooh. I thought would, was low. I, I would yeah. think a bronze statue. Mm-hmm would be more than that uh to date as of uh 7 this morning they had raised 176 thousand dollars wow and still going and they were going to use their the additional money for uh their operating budget and for for further advancement of a of an education part to their um to to the little league program so you know for that <laughs> yeah how about that? Every
0: time I give up on humanity, something like that happens, and you're just reminded there's there's
1: good people. They're gonna, they they they're they're already better off, and that's that's the way it should be. That's exactly right.
0: Um, uh, You could be better off with a new job, uh, with a new opportunity, with a new company that wants to, uh, you know, uh, no matter what. They want to create an environment to allow you to be successful. Their goal is to put a uh, weekend warriors back in the game, uh, to put professional athletes back in the game. In fact, I was reading a story about somebody who had a surgery, and my thought was, I bet Arthrex did that. Not like the doctors, but like the tools that you make at Arthrex are used in a lot of these athletic uh, surgeries. And so what, what they want to do is they want to create a culture that's sort of a team environment. And they do that by bringing people in, training them once you get there, and, and they want to promote you. They want to keep you happy. They want to keep you uh, well-stimulated. They, they, they have a great environment to help people uh, to, to not just do good work but enjoy the good work that they're doing. Uh, they have athletic fields. They have pickleball courts. They have walking trails. They're going to have child care soon. They, they have a, an on-site medical clinic and a gourmet kitchen for you uh, that makes meals on-site daily. Careers.arthrex.com. That's careers.arthrex.com.
1: There are rumors that Arthrex is working on a prototype that would assist Patrick Mahomes with his dad bot. <laughs> it's like a zipper that goes across your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I hey, I like Mahomes. I just I don't know, that oh, just that struck man. me as funny.
0: Oh man. You know what? That reminds me. Like, we still have it, – we've talked about it some. We still haven't, like, gone in-depth about these NFL playoff games. The world is in chaos. How are we supposed to care about these NFL playoff games?
1: Oh, man, we'll talk about it uh, a little bit tomorrow.
0: You will not be here tomorrow. I will sadly. not
1: have uh, – enjoy your, your, long, your, your weekend. I'm going to take a long one. There you go. Enjoy that. Thank you. For sure. Love it. Uh, that is it for us. God bless. We will see
0: you tomorrow. Walt's up next. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5 Spartanburg.